God has been so good to, to come back home. This was our home church. Holly and I got married here. Uh, actually, Pastor John baptized me here. I remember whenever uh, Pastor Tolbert preached a, a sermon and he says, what do you want your life to be about? And I remember coming down on this altar right here and getting on my hands and knees and praying, God, if you want me to be at rib crib with my life and I'm going to be a wait tables and that's what I'll do. But if you have something else, and I remember within a, a week after that, that message of praying that, I ended up running into a guy named David Loy at BBC, well, it was at Rib Crib, and he happened to be the veterans rep for BBC, and he's like, man, you should just come over and, and, and see what we got. I could probably get your GI Bill for you and all this stuff, and I never thought I'd go to Bible college, but then ended up going there and fell in love, and I knew that God had plans for my life. I didn't know what that would be, and I remember talking to Brother Alcorn, like, am I, am I supposed to be doing this? And he's like, well, God, God calls everybody into the ministry, you know, to do something to serve and uh, never hurt anything and got to graduate and be my class speaker. It was pretty cool how God worked through all that. And <clears throat> uh, when, I, when I walk in this place, you know, I think of all the, the, the times that we had battles with sin and, and struggles and, you know, to be able to come down here with, I remember Brother Roy Lane and just several of the men in this church and you know, we're missing one tonight, Brother, Brother Tim, you know, Pastor Tim. He was a, a, a man of God that encouraged us, put us in ministry and trained us and, and invested in us and uh, cared so much for us here. And um, I know that he's in heaven and we miss him, but, you know, uh, heaven's a little sweeter, right? Amen. And, um, but the ministries are still going on. What a strong church and what a faithful church, you know, to come in again and look down the hallways and see all the, the ministries and see all the people that you're investing in throughout the world is such a, a huge deal that, that your heart is still bent towards uh, missions and, and following that great commission and stuff. And I, I, I really appreciate that uh, Pastor John allowed us to come and share our hearts. You know, we're in Ash Grove now and um, we're heading up a ministry called Freeway Ministries. And by the way, I, I'm so thankful that my pastor would come out tonight. I know he's got a thousand things to do. Uh, but his heart's bent towards this ministry too, and um, it's changed our church. It's changed lives. We've been doing it now for three years. We, we planted it three years ago, and uh, man, just the many, 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 many facets of what recovery ministry is involved in and what it brings into our church, and the, the, the you know, there's challenges, there's uh, things that happen, and and the recovery ministry can be ugly many times, and you, 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 you get your heart broken at but there's those who make it. And tonight I'd ask Colby to stand up for me. Uh, this is Colby Holmes. He, he did our one-year program where they move into our home. You, you may be seated. Thank you. And uh, yeah. And he had overdosed, been uh, dead a few times where they had to revive him. Um, lost his kids, lost everything. He, he comes from a really great home. I know his, his uh, mom and his stepdad, and, and uh, we're good friends, and just amazing what, what God can do. You know, now he's got a job where he's making good money again. He's got his kids back in his life. He serves in our church, and it's, it's cool to see that restoration and that forgiveness that God can give to anybody. When he walked in our doors at Freeway, he looked like he was going to die one night. He was completely yellow. He was high on heroin. And you thought that he, I, I, I begged him not to leave. I said, please come back. Please come back. And it was a few months later that he walked through our church doors and uh, asking for help. And we were able to uh, help him out and everything. So it's pretty cool. Um, I would like to start out tonight by just asking a couple questions, then I'll get into the sermon. But I want to ask a few things tonight. I'd like to ask by a raise of hands, how many of you sitting in here uh, this evening has a family member 
or a loved one or just somebody that you've worked with that struggled before in alcoholism, addiction, drug addiction, pornography, something like that, is by a show of hands in here, who has somebody, has anybody in here ever lost somebody because of that? We've got hands all over the place. So that's why we do uh, what we do here. I want to give you a few statistics before we roll into this, but opioid-involved overdose deaths have increased by 13.5% in rural America since 2019. That's in anywhere outside of the city that they've increased by 13.5%. I want to give you a few numbers. This is by the CDC. It says uh, opioids have caused 46,000 Americans in 2019 to lose their life just because of opioids. We're not talking about other drug-induced uh, deaths. Uh, over 67,000 other deaths are due to some other kind of drug uh, overdose. And so you're probably saying, well, why am I here sharing this with you? I believe that there's a mission for the church right now. We, as a church, your mission uh, is go beyond borders. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something here right now that the war is in our own country now. And America is becoming its own mission field. And we got people that are dying every single day. And, and there's families in our churches all across the United States that are being wrecked because of drugs and alcoholism and all kinds of other things. And so what are we going to do about it as a church? What, what are we going to, where will we take a stance and say, you know what, um, it's, it's not just I can pray for you and give you a verse and hope you get better, but what can we do as a, as a ministry and as a church? And that's why we're here today, because we, we actually are looking for churches to partner with us, come alongside of us and say, you know what, we want to be a part of this because we see the need in our communities and in our churches uh, for help. And so when the men come into our, our program, we have a one-year program at our ministry. We, have a, uh, we, we bought some land off Bill, and we got two houses out there. We actually just got our equipment. We're going to break ground tomorrow on another facility because ours is filled up. We have no more beds uh, for no more men. And we've been turning away men at breakneck speed. We've got a women's ministry that does a Monday night recovery meeting, and it's filling up. And we don't have a women's house. You know how many women are out there in addiction, and we... When they call, we can we cannot do anything for them right now, but have them go to a meeting. Um, the men they come in and they live with us for a year, and when they get there, I mean it's strict. Um, everything that we do is biblical. We're not psychology. We're not uh, inter integrating anything. We're we're completely about the Lord's business. And so when they when they walk through them doors, the first thing that we walk them through is salvation and. Uh, we disciple them, and, and once they get saved, we've never had one guy that's not come to our house that got under the, 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 the preaching of the Word, and I'm going to show you that tonight, that has not got convicted by the Holy Spirit and given their life to Christ. That's what's amazing about it, amen? And so the power of God can take those chains and break those things and begin to give a, a man a new life. You know, we become new creatures. And so it's phenomenal. I'm telling you what, when, when you see this, when the light bulb comes on in somebody, amen, and that salvation hits their heart and they get broken over all that stuff that they've done, but then they, they realize that they have hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and they get the forgiveness of sins and all that way, you know, we, we look good, don't we, on the outside, but every one of us come in and we have our own struggles, we have our own baggage we've been through things in life we've had our struggles and, and, and just some people go a little dark farther than what others will go and man when they come back to that and so we walk them through the that we have um 
we have four sessions, and so they're 12 weeks uh, long each, and so they start out and they, they start doing classes, and we teach them about budgeting. Uh, we teach them out about having a checkbook. We walk them through um, why it's important to have an emergency fund. They got to start immediately, once they get a job, they start putting back an emergency fund. They start saving for when they exit out of our program. Many of them don't pay their child support, so we begin to teach them to start making a payment on their child support. And we, we man, we just pour into them. In our second session, we, we teach them about resentment and guilt and shame. We, we walk them through the legality of cleaning up their past. I mean, this is just stuff I, I, I'm trying to share with you. I want to give you a, a hint. It, it's more than just a, 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 a small group or a Sunday school class. I mean, it's completely hands on deck. Monday night, these men are in Bible study. We go out and, and uh, we walk through a Bible study with them. Tuesday night, they're in their devotions and they're doing their discipleship. We do pretty much the same discipleship as you guys do. You've probably seen a book out there. We start with salvation and we walk them through the judgment seat of Christ, dealing with sin, the church, the local church, all that stuff. And um, then on Wednesday nights, they're involved in church. Thursday nights, they go to Springfield to our world headquarters. And that's where they walk through these classes of cleaning up their past and, and all of that stuff. Um, and then the last 12 weeks is exiting. You know, do they have their money in place so whenever they do leave our program that they can go out and rent a house, that they can put their down payment on, that they can turn their utilities on, that they got enough money saved up that if they don't have a vehicle, that they can, have, that they can go buy a vehicle. And all of that stuff is so important because what we don't want to do is put somebody out there that isn't ready so they go back and they fall on their face and they relapse. Amen. And so it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a church I'm telling you what, it takes a church that has a burden. you got to be burdened because people will walk through your church that don't normally come into your church. They look scary. They've been to prison. They, they, you know what I'm saying? They, they're broken down. Many of them don't have clothes. Many, we've, we've got a guy from the U.S. Marshals. He's now our house leader. He graduated. He showed up in, in chain shackles and flip-flops, uh, his prison flip-flops. And man, he had nothing. But you know, God restored his life. Uh, this guy's been arrested 66 times in his past, all kinds of, uh, of crazy stuff that's happened in his life. And now he's leading the men and he's in ministry and he's going through our residential program at our church. And just a, just a little bit, I, I, I felt like I wanted to share what our ministry does before um, I really get into the sermon so you kind of understand what we do. Every Saturday night we have probably from 80 to 120 people that will come. And we, sh we, we provide a meal for them. We have child care. We have security. Um, and we preach to them. They come in and they sit down. And, and most of our, our messages are geared around recovery and ministry. You know, how somebody can take their life that's broken and get it cleaned up. And uh, over the last year or three years since we started, Pastor, what do you think? We've had 50 people get saved through that ministry and, you know, get baptized, get discipled. Uh, whoo. These young ladies back here, I'm telling you what, oh my goodness, uh, Brian and Taylor, Taylor stand up just for a second, this is Taylor, Brian, her husband's not here with her, but they were our first couple that got saved in our ministry, and uh, they got saved, and we had to send the deacons over to their house, because this is the first time we started this ministry, what do we do, and he's like, I got a house full of drugs, they were dealing drugs out of Ash Grove, so here's the deacons going over there, like, what do we do with all these drugs, you know, and they're, they're trying to flush drugs, and they're trying to figure out what they can do, and they come back, they're like, dang, God is at work here, man, I, I never expected I'd be going to the dope man's house, you know, but this is what's cool, they weren't married, and they were living together, and through counseling, through discipleship, they moved out, and they did it God's way, 
and I'm telling you, my pastor back there, uh, on the day that they got married, they got down and they had a foot washing service in our church, and I'm telling you what, we were so broken. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in there. Boy, we was just shouting uh, for what God has done. Now they got a child together, and, and their life, you see what I'm saying? They're not dealing dope no more in our town. They're living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, man, I, I, I just pray that tonight you'll open your heart and let me share my, my heart, share this message with you tonight. And I pray that if you're just on the ropes, maybe you're, you're, you're just thinking, man, how can God use me? How can we even be more involved? You know, how, what, it's not about how much I can give, but God, what would you uh, want me to live on this year? So that maybe I could do a little bit more. You know, there's people out there right now. We're, what are we turning away, Pastor? At least two to three. We're getting at least two to three phone calls right now, and we're full. And people who want help, we got to say no to them. That's hard to do. But God is allowing us to build this new facility. But I, I think as soon as it's filled, filled, we'll have another one. We'll just be looking for another one to do. And of course, we have women right now that we really need to be helping and stuff. This is something else that's cool. We have a gay couple coming to a Bible study. Amen. Coming to our Bible study. You know what? That's God's business, not mine. Not hers. It's our business to share the love of Christ, to compel them to whatever sin they are in, to get saved and to come to that. But they keep coming. They were, <laughs> I can't go there, but they live there in Ash Grove. And, and uh, I don't want to share too much, but, but it's cool. We walk in the, into the stores and there they are. Hey, how you doing? And, and, and they just feel the love from us. It's pretty neat. So if you have your Bibles tonight, that was a little bit about freeway. And we're going to get into... We're going to get into about a church that goes beyond borders, all right? It's okay to say amen. If I say who, that, that's an army battle cry. It, it, it means that I'm kind of getting fired up. And so, you know, I'm just trying to cool off the steam so I, uh, I don't show too much emotion. But um, I'm excited to share this with you. And I just, I just pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit tonight... However he ministers to you, whatever he says, however he speaks to you individually, that you'll pay attention to it and you'll be obedient to him. So let me pray and we'll get started. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you so much for just allowing my family and uh, my friends to come back to this church tonight, Lord. And I look around and I see so many faces and wonderful people who are committed, committed to training and teaching and loving and sending and I see a church here who's passionate about people and I know these folks wouldn't even be here on a Friday night if their hearts weren't bent towards you God but Lord I know that you work in mysterious ways and that your Holy Spirit is stronger than our conscience and stronger than our thoughts and I pray that tonight if you want to reveal something to somebody that you'll speak through this message and you'll touch somebody's heart maybe somebody would surrender tonight maybe somebody just put something down tonight that's holding them back from going beyond borders, God, and you just work through this, this service tonight in a powerful way, in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, our, our message is going to be out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to be using ver, uh, verses 1 through 10, and our focus is really going to be on uh, verse 5 through 10, but I, I want to catch you up to speed, and this is this book's written out of, the, of, of Paul's second missionary journey. Of course, we know that 
he wanted to go to Asia and that didn't work out, right? Like the Holy Spirit said, no, you ain't going there. I got a better place for you to go. And, and uh, of course, in the vision, he had a guy from Macedonia saying, hey, we want you to come over here. And so he had a change of plans. That's what God does. Sometimes he changes our plans and we got to pay attention to him. But it's crazy when, when Paul is at Philippi, he gets arrested. Okay, they throw him in jail. And of course, you know, Paul being the man that Paul is, he's up in there and he's with Silas and they're preaching the gospel in jail and they're singing songs. They've done been whipped, they've been beaten, they've been lashed and they've been through their struggles. And you know, any one of us at that moment would say, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to throw in the towel and I'll, I'll just take a vacation after all that. But no, they went down there and they could have been discouraged and they're, they're singing songs in, in, in the jail. And the next thing you know, the, the prison, there's an earthquake, the prison doors shake and, and, and the, the, the jailer's down there and he doesn't see him and he's, he's scared to death that they've left and he's about to fall on the sword and Paul says, no, comes with the light and he says, no, 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 hey, we're here. And he begins to share Christ with them and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit got a hold of him and the next thing you know that he gets saved and his whole family gets saved. And, and it's crazy that, that God works in them ways but after that they, they get up out of there and, and he realizes that he's got to go to Thessalonica. This is cool right here. This is where the story gets really good. Let's read. Chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Paul and Sylvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, not the Thessalonians, but the Thessalonians, which is God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from our God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God for you, all making mission to you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience and hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, brethren beloved, your election of God, your salvation, knowing that, for our gospel came not unto you in, the, in word only, but also in the power, in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we were among, our, uh, among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you, you were in samples or examples to all them that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out forth the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that you, that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols. Isn't that right? Everybody has some idols in their life to serve the living and true God and, and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which he delivered us from the wrath to come. And I, and I want you to see as, as we get into this message, I want you to see tonight the significance of the gospel. Everything we do as a church, everything we do that's pointed through the Bible, it is all about Jesus Christ. It's about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul and Silas and Timothy, they didn't come in any other name. They didn't come in any other stature, any other form. They only came in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that they had power uh, of the Holy Spirit. And they had power in the word. And so uh, their presentation as they brought forth this gospel, it, it came um, unto them in, not only in the word only, 
but it came in power. Think about that, the supremacy of the gospel. When we preach the gospel, it doesn't matter who we preach to. It doesn't matter rich, poor. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what their family tree is. It doesn't matter what they come from, what country. It's the power of the gospel that changes life. And when you look around here, man, the power that God's given those missionaries who's called out from this church, who's on mission right now, preaching the word of God, the power that leads him to somebody to sell out everything and go somewhere else to, to, to preach the word of God, there's God got to be power in that or else you're cray cray come on does anybody else got you got to be cray cray or from springfield missouri you know what i'm saying and you got some crazy heritage family some crazy bloodline <laughs> paul did have some crazy bloodline didn't he he was a murderer went after christians but boy god got a hold of his heart and changed his life it went in power the bible says here but not in word only, but also in power. Look over at chapter 2, verse 2. Here it says, But even after we had suffered before and we were shamefully entreated, as you know at Philippi, we were bold in God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Man, they came in preaching the word. You know that. When, if you pick up the story, uh, I believe it's in Acts chapter 17. They're, they're at the house of Jason. And of course, it was custom for him to go up into, into preaching the synagogue for three Sabbaths. And the Bible Bible tells us so we know that he was there for about three weeks and he's just preaching and the power of the word and lives are being changed and boy there's always going to be like we have nowadays gangs and naysayers and all these people but guess what the power came in that and if you read the word the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 that they turned the place upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ and I and I, I asked you tonight man have you had that feeling lately where you just got so fired up and and you got so involved with the gospel and you got so involved with wanting to see lives change that you turn the world up upside down for somebody and those people testified to that these are the people that came in and they're turning this place upside down we got to get them up out of here Man, that's what I'm talking about. Man, we need that earth-shaking time, you know, like they had back in Acts chapter 4 and 5 where they, where they were preaching the word and Peter and them were up in, in the synagogue and, and they healed the, the lame man sitting at the gate. And the next thing you know, at the end of that, the Bible says, they, well, this man that you crucified, this is the same man that raised him up, amen. And the Bible says that they got so on fire for the Lord that they had an earth-shaking experience. Man, when that gospel came in Acts chapter 2 and they got so fired up that they had, the Bible talked about they had tongues of cloven fire. Man, that every tongue, every tribe, that's the power of that Holy Spirit. If God wanted them people to hear and know them languages at a time, that's what God did. Man, that's powerful. And then we get to Acts chapter 17 and it says that they turn the place upside down. That, that Jason and, and his friends, they were trying to keep it quiet, but boy, the, 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 the gang rose up on them. And I'm wondering, man, when was the last time we had somebody raise up on us because we just were a little Holy Ghost convicted, didn't care what they thought, and we shared the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> I love what he says there. <coughs> you have to excuse me. says here that they had persuasion with much assurance. And I'd ask you tonight, <coughs> you have to excuse me, I don't know where that came from. I really don't got COVID, I promise y'all. Everybody's like, oh gosh, put the mask on, get down, low crawl up out of here. No. 
For the gospel came unto you in word, and but also in power in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. Man, that's the assurance that we have that Jesus Christ did die. Do you believe that tonight? Do you know that he went to that cross? Do you know that he, he, he didn't just take a little bit of, of our sins or he just took those bad people out there or that? He took every bit of our sins, every, every little piece. You know, in Mark chapter 14, whenever he looked into that cup, he looked in that cup and he saw the murder, the adulteress. He saw that person that, 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 that was the deepest sinner, the vilest, most sinner. And he says that I'm going to go to that cross. And he says, uh, not my will, but my father's will. And he went all the way to the cross and he died on that cross for our sin. That, that, that's the, the persuasion that we have that, that he didn't leave nothing behind. That, that he was a sinless man and he went to that cross and he died for it. I want you to see there that there's an acceptance of it. Look at verse 6 here. And you became followers of us. That means that, that, that they became imitators. If there's somebody wanting to imitate you because of what Jesus has done for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, has he radically changed you? Have you, had a, have you just had a little renovation or have you had a complete makeover in your life? You know what I'm saying? Where people just say, boy, God got a hold of you. There ain't nothing else that could have changed you. See, sometimes we sit back and we're just so reserved about who we are and, and what God. But man, God says, the time's running out. Like, we got to be bold in our witness. In fact, that's what he said in, in, in I believe it's chapter, verse 13, that for this cause, look over there, chapter 2, verse 13, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word, you heard of us, you received it not as word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So they had this persuasion that came over them, and they, they had this conversion, because he says there, you became follower, followers of us. And the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they had a commitment there. Do you get that? Because he says that you received it in much affliction. You see, the, the, the gospel in America, the gospel in America, it, 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 boy, if somebody slams the door in your face, you're like, oh, I, I, I'm persecuted. You know what I'm saying? I'm persecuted. They, they, they shut the door on me. Oh, man, they didn't answer the phone call, or I took them to cookies and they didn't want it. They're like, oh, you're bringing me cookies because I miss church. You know what? Much affliction. They were, they were beaten up out of the town, you know what I'm saying? I mean, after this, Paul leaves and he sneaks out by night and he goes to Berea and he finds some people there that were faithful and loved the Lord. But then after that, they had to try to run him up out of Berea. Then he goes to Athens and, of course, he's got to meet the philosophers and the Stoics and all those cray-cray people out there that don't believe the way that we do, amen, atheists and agnostics and everything else. But what did he do? He went to the center of the place where all them cray-cray people were at and he stood up on the thing and he started proclaiming the death, the burial, and, and, and the risen Savior. And it, the Bible says that, that not everybody did, but some believed and some followed. Next thing you know, they got mad at him again. They try to run him up out of there. And where does he go? He goes to Corinth. And while he's at Corinth, boy, you just think this guy is superly gone, needs a lot of church counseling. You know what I mean? But God had a plan for him. He did not care what he went against. He did not care what he faced with. He didn't care how strong the mission was. He kept going for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and may I tell you tonight, maybe your batteries are down. Maybe you've gotten tired. Maybe you forgot the mission, but God's still on plan. Amen. And the time is running out. And I challenge you to church tonight, if you're going to truly go beyond borders, just don't make it about a name or something. Make it about something that you truly, really believe in your heart and you go and do it. However you can get on mission. If you can't go pray. If you can't go, give. If you can't go, call them missionaries. If you can't go, write them missionaries. Amen. Amen. 
Because, man, they need that support, too. Think about how COVID's affecting us over here. Think about where they're at, and they ain't got the kind of communication that we got, or the brethren. Some of them places over there, they got small churches or 50 miles away. You know what I'm saying? They ain't got, uh, they ain't got the keyboard. They ain't got that. They ain't got the cell phones like we got. I mean, it's just people sick, and they're dying. And, and, and man, they need us more than ever. Churches are where their giving's going down and they're, they're, they're losing their people and, and, and churches are going more online and, the, and people are saying, well, I got to stay away and, and, and the devil's just working behind the lines. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. He's just working behind the lines. Oh, you just stay home. It's easier from the couch to watch church. And I'm not condemning any person who's not here tonight. I'm just saying it, it, that's in, in our America right now, that's what's going on. Churches are, are closing their doors at breakneck speed. People, the giving's going down in churches, and they're barely learning to survive right now. And God needs a church on mission that will just say, you know what, here I am, Lord. They were committed in their affliction, the Bible says. They had such communication, it says in verse 7, so that you were samples to me, all to believe in Macedonia and Achaia. When you think about that Greece area, you know what I'm saying? You, you had Macedonia down here, and then on the southern part you had Achaia. And, and the gospel, this is what's crazy, is Rome had already came in and taken over uh, the, 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 the Greece area. And so there's a Roman providence there, and the Bible says that the church got so on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ that the gospel spread all throughout the area. Could you imagine that? That when Paul went and touched the grounds, that Paul didn't have to do all the work. The people did the work. The people were spreading the word. The people's lives were what was being flipped upside down. The people saw the power of God. The people saw the power, the Bible says, of the Holy Spirit. The people saw the truth in the word. And it began to change lives and that it spread at such a breakneck speed. And I'm wondering, what can we do in the Springfield area? You know, what can we do in Ash Grove and all these surrounding places? What can we do as a community of believers that can shake things up again and shake the reeds and, and, and get people back on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ and truly see a, a real revival come back, not to just one church, but a whole community, amen. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it takes a church getting broken for broken people. Don't forget that. They're going to look ugly. They're going to smell ugly. They're, you're going to smell like a prostitute. A prostitute comes in your church if you're really going to love them. You're going to smell like the drug addict or the homeless man. You, you better rub up against him. Listen, if you're going to, the, the, the pastor and the people better smell like the sheep if you're working with sheep. You got to get dirty. I love that. It spread all throughout. That was such an advancement. And you think about the mission of your church and from Pastor Tolbert and, and, and shifting the reins over to uh, Pastor John and, and just the, the missionaries and the, the amount of, I mean, the way that God's put this church together and from meeting over there and filling, remember they were in the hallways over there. And I remember when they were putting the steel beams up in here and we were, you know, in here sweeping the floors and, and hanging stuff and painting, painting the walls and just all the stuff and, and how God's been using this church over the years and stuff. Well, man, don't get, don't get comfortable. God's not done. I mean, we can't just sit in our pews, you know what I'm saying, and be like, well, our church is built. We got the building paid off and we're good, man. We got to keep, 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 keep going. We got to stay on mission. All that stuff's important, but we got to stay focused or we fail at our efforts to spread the gospel and advance it. 
Look at verse 8 with me here. It says, for, for from you sounded out a word to the Lord. That word there, sounded out, it, it's the idea that it was sounding forth intensely. I might, I might be a little bit intense. You all know that. When you invited me, you knew I was going to be a little bit intense. Right? That's why Holly married me. She's like, I had to marry this weird guy. You know? But if I'm going to get intense over the Kansas City Chiefs, which has no eternal effect and hasn't changed my life and brought me out of addiction and, and, and got my son put back into my life and gave me a wonderful family and restored me and gave me an awesome church and called me into the ministry, I'm telling you what, I, I've got something missing there. And I'm telling you, they, they sounded it forth. It was blasting forth. Are we ashamed of the Gospels today? Listen to me. Are we ashamed of the gospel? I pray your heart's convicted if you haven't shared the gospel in here. This isn't to step on somebody's toes or to personally uh, get on you tonight. But man, we should be convicted of that. We should be convicted if we're not walking through them doors whenever it's time to go out and do your outreach or, or door knock or whatever. You know, that's exactly what the government wants to tell you. Boy, you can't knock on somebody's door no more, man. You got to worry about the COVID. You got to worry about this. You, you got to worry about that. You know what they want us to do? They want us to believe the devil's lies. Boy, man, the next thing you know, before they know it, we got sleepy, we got sleepy churches all over the place because we've lost our appetite for the gospel. We quit sounding forth. We quit going to our, our, our local areas and into the world and sharing what God calls us to do. We become lackadaisic, and I challenge you tonight. Have confidence like they had. Have boldness like they have. Let that change your life as a couple. Go home and, and, and push each other. Man, let, let's invite somebody. Let's call somebody up. Let's check on somebody. Let, let's get the word out and minister to somebody. Let's invite. Amen. I, I encourage you to do that as a couple, man. Uh, tag team it. That's why God puts you together. You know, two are always better than one. Amen. Think, think on those things. The Bible says in, in verse 8, I love this, it says that they sounded it forth, uh, the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith toward God, it spread abroad. They worked together and it spread abroad, the Bible says. Uh, Brother Lloyd gave me a, a discipleship thing one time and I walked through it and there's a, there's a part in it at the beginning of it Brother Lloyd's passed away now. Lloyd Baker, did he pass on and go home with the Lord? No? He's, okay. Okay, well, he had given me a discipleship thing. I didn't know that if he had or not. But in the, at, the, at the first lesson, there's a lesson in there about uh, vision and talking about, you know, uh, about if you have no vision, the people perish. But at the end of it, he talks, uh, he, he gives this thing, and, and there's a, a little poem at the end of it. And I think, I think it says, one man up, awaken another. The next man up awakens his brother. The third man up awakens another. And the fourth one up arouses the town by turning the whole place upside down. You see, one man up awakens another. And, and I, I challenge you, church, tonight, have we fallen asleep at the will and we're not awake no more? We're just going through the motions. The motions will get you off in the side of the road where the devil wants us. And he wants us to be strong and he wants us to be in action and he wants us to be committed to our vision of our church and he wants us to stay focused. Man, everything else, if you really look around, I, right now it is crazy with this COVID thing how it's ha caused people to fall back into relapse, how it's caused 
more, I mean, when you start handing money out, thousands of dollars to people who's been in addiction, guess what it does? Right? And, and we got a government just handing stuff out and handouts and handouts. And yes, I know people are going through financial things and they need help. But you know what? The first help that people need is from the Lord. That's the way he designed it and from the church. And the church needs to be the place, man, not the government. The message wasn't confined to Greece. It went out. It went abroad. It went to these places. It was sufficient. How do we know it's sufficient? Listen to what he says in verse, the end of uh, verse 8 here. He says that it was spread so that we need not to speak anything. That's a pretty powerful word, isn't it? The word speaks for itself. I remember in BBC there was a... a, a, a picture over in the in the library and I forget who quoted it but there was a quote that says the Bible is like a lion it don't need to def- it, it defends itself it's true do you know that the word and the power of God it, it's not just a little bit of power though that word power there is a dunamis power it's a it, it, it's the it's the idea that the gospel is so powerful that it's explosive it's like c4 when it blows up it leaves nothing else in contact. That's what the gospel does. That's what we have inside of us. It's that powerful. Do you get that tonight? Like sometimes we forget the life-changing experience that we've had of what Jesus has done in our life, but that's the power of the gospel. I think it would be awesome to leave that kind of legacy. That's what, that's what our heart's desire is at First Baptist Church. I know that's what your heart desire is at Hillside Baptist Church, is to leave that kind of legacy of ministry in the world. If, if God doesn't rapture us up out of it, if that, if that trumpet don't sound soon, you know what I'm saying? We still got work to do. I mean, I, I truly believe that the, 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 the times are showing of where we're at. And, and we know from chapter 5 that that trumpet's going to sound one of these days. Amen? And that, that those who are dead in Christ are going to come alive and them, them other believers are going to be raised up with them. Amen? Amen. And so we, we must not forget our mission. We must not forget what we're called to do, the advancement of the gospel. I want you to see that in verse 9 here, and I'm going to wrap this up tonight. Uh, I want you to see here the assurance of this. It says, for they themselves show, shew us what manner of entering in we had unto you. Then he says this, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the true and living God. What a testimony. What a testimony of a man who was hooked on heroin and meth and was robbing and stealing. I mean, uh, every person in, in the community knew who Colby was. Every person knew uh, what Colby was doing. Every, every cop in the town, everybody. But now you know what they know of Colby Holmes? Is he's a child of God, a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ who's been changed by the power of the gospel. You know all them people that was going over to Brian and Taylor's house buying dope and, and, and where they were selling dope and all those influences, you know what they know them by now in Ashgrove, Missouri? They know them by the power of the gospel, the resurrected Jesus who saved them and brought them out from doing all this wickedness and now put them up in a place where they serve him and they give to him and their lives are sold out to them. That testimony, I'm telling you, 
I was so sad. We had to quarantine all of our guys today, man. And, and, and I, we had a guy that was going to share a powerful testimony, a father and son, where uh, this kid Devin was living out behind a tent and how his dad had been enabling him for years and he'd been in and out of prison and just a wrecked life. But man, I picked him up from Polk County Jail, walked up into the jail. I'm telling you, yeah, the church goes up into jails. You know what I'm saying? That's where you found Paul most of the time, up in their ministry. Amen. And I went up and I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. And I remember the prosecuting attorney letting this guy come to me. And he opened up the door and this guy was, I mean, just, just you, the drugs had tore this man up. And I thought to myself, boy, what kind of hillbilly, what am I getting myself into today, Lord? <laughs> Oh, thank you. Man, this guy came up and gave me this big old hug, and I thought, boy, we're in trouble here. I think we stepped off a little too far. But you want to know something? A year later, he graduates. A year later, he was in a relationship without Christ. They had uh, him and this girl, Jenny, had had uh, children together, and, and, and they both were off in addiction, doing all the wrong things. Jenny went to a recovery program, and Devin went to a, a program. We discipled them, and guess what? After he graduated, the, God, the Lord put them together, and they did it right in God's eyes. Now they're married. Their kids are together. They're in church. He plays in our praise team, and God has restored his family. I'm telling you what, it's a powerful thing. And not only that, the hope that it gave his dad and his mom. I mean, years and years of, of, of just destruction that they lived through and, and brokenness and, and hurt and things. Man, God, God's restoring it, man. He, he's in, the, he's in the, the business of restoring people. And everything. I love that in verse 9 it says, For they themselves show us of what manner that, that testimony, that power. Well, what, what's the power of? I'll, I'll finish it up here. Verse 10. And wait for the Son from heaven, whom raised from the dead, even Jesus, which deliver us from the wrath to come. It's the gospel. You see, they, they didn't come by anything else. Of course, you know, the, the later on, if you know the, the uh, first Thessalonians, you know that he ends up going off and he's, he's in Corinth and, and, and he's worried about the church and, and Timothy comes back and, and Timothy reports to him and, and, and he reports only good stuff is going down. He's telling him, hey man, this church is thriving. These people are on fire. There's still, there's contention and they're going through hard things, but God's got them right where he wants them and don't worry about them. Amen. And Paul sends a letter back and tells them, keep on going on. Of course, you had, I mean, you know from that book, I mean, they were faced with the same things that we're faced with. I mean, if, if you look at, at verse 4, the, the, the Bible says, for this is the will of God, that even your sanctification, that word sanctification in there is pornea. It's the same thing that we struggle with here today. Men and women struggling in, 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 in sexual addictions, drug addictions, alcoholism. The devil, if he hasn't got it, he's got people tricked into believing that's where their life should be. You drive down the street and you tell me every place in Springfield where there's not a bar, where there's not a, a, a porno store, where there, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and that the lights ain't on. And, at, you don't see the church lights on at midnight. What's going on at that time of cars are sitting up in there? It's the wickedness that's over this. And there, I believe that we're in a place right now where there's a there's going to be even a really strong delusion amen we're getting to the end times it's not a scary message it's the truth <clears throat> so with that being said i appreciate you guys tonight 
I pray that, you know what I'm saying, I, I hope God will use this message tonight to just challenge you to go a little farther. You know what I'm saying? I, I pray that this message would just challenge you to do a little bit more. You know, it's, it's easy to get comfortable and say somebody else can do it. Or, or I'm at this place where the buck stops and I'll let them young folks do that. You know what? God still wants to use you and he's still in the business of using Christians. And, and when you come by the power of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will see lives changed. Yeah, you're going to get rejected. Yeah, somebody's going to tell you no every now and then. You're not going to win everybody, but you'll win some. And I'm telling you what, those some are going to uh, stay from going to a devil's hell and, and where they're going to burn and, and, and live in utter darkness where the Bible says the worm and the maggot and the canker eat away at their skins. I don't want to see them people perish. I want to see people go to heaven. So stay on mission here at Hillside Baptist Church. Remember that you're a church that goes beyond borders. Remember if you're a, a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, it's your job to come in here and set the zeal and, and have the, the excitement of what we do. You know, uh, Pastor John and his wife and everybody else, you got to keep people on mission, don't you? I mean, it takes a lot to, to keep people motivated about the gospel. And remember, if God's called you into this and, and God's using you in a, in a ministry, do the very best that you possibly can do. And remember that you can't do nothing, but the gospel can. You just be obedient. You know, there's times uh, that, that we, our, our week is crazy. When you have a, a men's home, I mean, you're... You're at church all day, you're, you're doing stuff, you're doing counseling, you're taking phone calls, you're going, this is what, this, I never thought when I was going to go into ministry that, that ministry would look like you're meeting with prosecuting attorneys, you're talking to parole, parole uh, officers, you're talking to probation officers, that the ministry would look like you would go and sit in court. I've had judges that these men were looking at five or seven years Colby, in fact, he was looking at seven years. They were going to lock him up and throw away the key. He did probation violations. But God, but God. And, 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 and I just pray that your heart would be burdened tonight. I know that we come in here and um, when I, I got to talk a little bit more with Pastor John about what freeway is about our beliefs and where we sit doctrinally. And, and you know, I, I believe that we're, we're right on course where you guys are at. And, and, you know, where, where our beliefs are, we're Baptists, amen? And whenever you think a freeway, freeway is not a church. It's the, you have to have a local church to have a freeway, amen? And uh, we're about, when, when people come to us, listen, we're about seeing them get saved. Most importantly, we just don't want to see them get saved. We want to see them get discipled, and then we want to plug them into the local church. We got men living in our house right now. Uh, Brother Eddie Hoskins, he's, he's signed up. He's doing online Bible classes. Isn't that cool? A man who, I, I got a letter from in January when he was in prison without no hope, and now he's taking Bible classes at BBC. I think that's pretty cool, amen. You know, we're, we're doing a Tuesday night where we do a residential program, and we got three men that's graduated from our, our men's program. They come in, and it's 18 months long. I mean, they learn everything from counseling the church, uh, uh, learning to write sermons, learning to preach mission. We do four weeks on mission and teach them uh, local missions, world missions, uh, evangelism, all of this stuff. And we train them and then we send them out. And that's what we do. We don't want to take people from a church. You know what we want to do is whenever you find somebody that's in addiction or, or struggling and they have no hope, you have somebody that you partner with that says, you know what? 
I may be able to pray with you, but I know some place that you can go that you can get the right kind of training and help. And you, we partner with each other. That's what the gospel is. It's a partnership. And we can train them up, right? And we can invest in them. And then there wouldn't be nothing better to send them back to Hillside Baptist Church and you have somebody walk through those doors who their lives have been totally radically changed and flips upside down. And then you see them bouncing through this place like you did a young porter at one time who Pastor John had baptized, you know what I'm saying? And, and then Pastor Tover said, you can drive the van. I thought I, was, I thought I was hardcore driving for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? I was going to pick up them kids like, man, no other. And, you know, starting out down in Team Kid and just getting an opportunity and how, how would I ever known from this church that God would call me to be getting to do a ministry like that and, you know, getting to work with Pastor John for a year in youth ministry and, you know, oh man, I just, I pray that your heart's, your heart's stirred tonight. You know, God's doing some good things. Don't get too comfortable. When we do, we'll, we'll, we'll miss out and we won't get to see the power of the Lord. Boy. The word just started changing in Springfield. It went to Ash Grove. It went to Republic. Woo, you know what I'm saying? That old hillside over there. You know what I'm saying? Other churches are like, man, we got to go over there and meet with Pastor John. What is he doing up in there? Amen? That's the gospel.